Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. This is our first podcast of the 2023 year. You are joining Josh Bowe and myself, Kirk Henderson. It is a shade before 10 p.m. The Dallas Mavericks just defeated the Houston Rockets on the road, 111 to 106, to win their seventh straight game. It is their longest win streak since the 2011 title season. Josh, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. We didn't get to talk on New Year's because uh, I decided. I did. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's a Dyke Mavs game. Sounded Dyke like Mavs, the last yeah, five minutes fun. was fun. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's a good point. It, it was it was a much better game just because the Mavs are are kind of. It's like they're 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 like a marathon runner in the last mile. They're just getting they're through seventeen on. December <laughs> games. What has was a real grind for the team. You can tell. Yeah, and doing it without their three best defensive players, uh, basically for almost all of it. So, right. Yeah, this was, I mean, this was uh, an interesting game. This was a game. I mean, I don't mean to get like coach speak sentimental or anything about this game, but like this is a game that they had every reason to lose, and yep. they no one really would have been mad, like overtly critical. I think people oh, would have obviously been bummed that the winning streak ends against another like a bad team but considering the circumstances this would have been an acceptable game for them to pack in get ready for the daunting schedule that's about to present them over the next two or three weeks in terms of strength of schedule and and everyone would be like okay you know winning streaks have to end they weren't gonna go undefeated the rest of the season it happens on the road game after new year's you've played this team a bunch uh you've just played a bunch of easy games in a like you know you haven't played a playoff team in what feels like four weeks um so it's okay uh but man they they decided after halftime that they wanted to win this game and well, credit to luca and the rest of the guys and and that's been sort of the 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 quiet revelation during this win streak so obviously you have luca going supernova through seven games he's, he's scoring 41.7 points Ugh. um just preposterous in that regard but What's more interesting is that he's bringing it against teams that he has traditionally not given a shit about. Um, I thought he just looked tired in the first half tonight and then sort of wheeled the Mavericks back into the game. He only had 10 points at half and finished with 39. I mean, a 29-point second half for Luka is kind of – it's I don't want to say it's unheard of, but you know he tends to lose steam because he, <laughs> he's a human being playing a physical sport. He's not – you know – but but recently he's sort of been been Derrick Henry of of the Mavs, where he just gets stronger as the game goes on. And I don't know, it's it's nice to see. Obviously, you know, you're looking at the box score. There are some really interesting contributions from the rest of the team. The the you know the bench wasn't able to do much, but it's not like they have much they off have the bench. bench at the moment. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and right. and that's okay. You sort of live with that. And you know the I thought the starters more or less contributed almost uniformly across the board in ways that were really helpful to to securing a win, which just hasn't been the case, you know, during this win streak even. Right. Uh, you know, in I mean, they haven't played a Western Conf they haven't played a team, a Western Conference playoff team since December sixteenth. It is it is January th- January second. So it has to be hard. I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses, but like, it just has to be hard to maintain that level of juice, like throughout this stretch. And I know 
you know, missing the, you know, missing the players that they're missing. You talked about like the bench didn't do anything because they have no bench and it's, it's pretty absurd the what the rotation looks like right now and just the minutes these guys are playing and it's no one like no one's fault like I mean, honestly i think kid is stealing more minutes from this bench than i would have predicted if you told me what the lineup was going to look like for the next couple of weeks if you told me at the beginning of december like he's getting minutes out of mckinley Wright, he's getting minutes out of theo penson he's getting you know like i mean these guys aren't supposed to play and they're playing uh and i'm not saying it's great or they look great but they're stealing you know, they, they haven't lost a game yet because of it. So, you know, maybe that, that luck runs out uh, as they finally start playing some better teams. But, yeah, it's just it's just nice to see. And, yeah, um, this winning streak feels like a – I don't know if it will be, but it feels like a turning point for Luca. like you said. Like, we felt like for Luca to take the next step, he's it, – it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily going to come through a skill upgrade uh, – because he's already one of the most skillful players ever. Um, We talked about that his path as a 23 year old going forward to, to take the next step as a, as an NBA superstar, a lot of it was mental, uh, you know, mental uh, things and maturity and and stuff like that. And like you said, they've had a horrible record against losing team, not just this season. They had a bad record against losing teams to start last season. And I think the season before that, it has been a trend. Uh, so to see Luca just thoroughly kick the ass uh, of basically they've just played one, two, three, four, five, six, six games in their last eight have been against awful teams. Um, or seven of their last eight have been games against awful teams and they've, and he's kicked the ass of all of them. And that's not something we even saw even earlier in the season when they lost right. to Orlando and they lost right. to to Washington. So like you said, sometimes he's so good that he gets, he gets bored and, and he, we know that he gets it up for the big matches and for him to just kind of be like, okay, I'm going to drag this team through a really cupcake portion of the schedule, but we really need it because we're missing so many guys. Like that's what MVPs do. That's what stars do. If he, you know, he's had so many knocks uh, against his last two seasons for MVP because either the team was started out so poorly or he himself started out so poorly that it's kind of hard to dig yourself out of that hole, especially with voters when they kind of get that first impression of you and then it sticks with them. Well, this is kind of, this feels like a narratively a turning point for his career and his development. Well, and, and it was all sort of kicked off by the Monday, December 19th game, the first game of that Minnesota series where he got kicked out. So awful Uh, game, (laughs) awful game from him. Jason Kidd got kicked out. First time Jason Kidd really stood up. And we were all pretty collectively maddened with this team because it they they'd been playing better, but you know, they rested Luca and then got beat by the Cavs um two days prior. And you know, it's like they lost to the Cavs twice in four days, which was pretty maddening. Um, you know, they 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 looked a little uneven. But, you know, it's it's difficult because, you know, they've been playing without Josh for a few games. I don't remember what game uh, Dorian Finney-Smith got hurt. but I think like it was that were, Minnesota game that Luka got kicked out of. So it's like things were just kind of starting to like – it looked like like some things were coming apart at the seams. 
And then they just responded with a lot of wins, which is really, really nice to see. Um, to, to give you a little bit of a stat in terms of just how much basketball these Mavericks have played. If you go look, like you look through the, the ESPN you know, schedule page and you'll notice that at the start of the season, there are just chunks of days between games. <laughs> yes. Like we were kind of bored, like collectively as a team where it's like they play, you know, the first game of the season, they play on Wednesday, then they don't play till Saturday. Like that doesn't happen. And then all of a sudden they play 17 games in December. But to give you sort of some context, they're coming up on a two-day break. They don't play Tuesday, Wednesday, which is the third and the fourth. The last time they had a two-day break was uh, when they played Denver on December 6th, and then they didn't play the Bucks until Friday, December 9th. So they've played basketball every other day since December 9th. It is now um, January 2nd, which is roughly three and a half weeks. Um, that's going to take a toll on a team on, on just, it's, it's you know, granted it's the NBA is what they get paid to do. They, they want 82 games because every team want, you know, every player and team, they, they collectively agree to this. So it's not like a woe is me thing. It's more a, a just sort of impressive nature of the fact that they're able to string together this many wins, even though yes, it was against bad teams uh, while having played so much basketball throughout the month while dealing with injuries. Yeah. I, couldn't have said it any better. Um, and yeah, we we just have to accept the fact that this team, this is the third year in a row where they had a slow start. This is the third season in a row, slow start. And then for whatever reason, injuries and roster, advert, like when the adversity gets cranked up to the highest, it seems to be when they respond. And it's it's not just like a Luca thing and a player thing. It feels like a coaching thing. Like, I don't know if, you know, Jason Kidd maybe being forced to use the best lineups that he can use with some of these players out. I don't know if that has something to do with it. You know, Christian Wood doesn't start unless both Maxie and Dwight Powell get hurt, like right near each other. And it was basically, I think for a couple of games that Powell missed while Kleba was out, uh, he had to start Wood. Like there was no other way around it. So like, uh, you know, it's, it's a weird way that they got here, but it, I don't know. It just, I've never seen an NBA team so consistently do this. Every single season, like a good team, like I've seen, like teams that can't make the playoffs or hover around 500, they, they you know they're slow starters and they just can't seem to turn it on, you know, and that's what ends up costing them. But the Mavs just turn it on and then they just don't look back. Like they're in fourth place, they were in 11th place, I think, when this streak started, or 10th place. Um, they might be, I don't know how much farther they're going to climb because the schedule is going to get a little bit harder. Well, not a little bit, a lot harder. I mean, they're never going to play an easier stretch of games than they just played for the rest of the season. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but I still think like there's, I still think we learned some things, even though these teams have been, been really bad. Like, I mean, yeah. they, I mean, they weren't beating these teams or like, I mean, they lost to Orlando. They lost to Detroit. They lost to Houston earlier. They lost to uh, yeah, beating Washington. the same team three times in 10 days is, is kind of, Yes, they beat up on on a bottom four team in the league three times in ten days. But doing that, like there, there's a familiarity breeds contempt kind of thing where I sort of expected this game to get a little chippier than it was. But I think that's because the Rockets are like severely undercoached. Um, but beating it's it's just impressive that the Mavericks were able to do this. Now, Luca scored a whole bunch of points against these guys, and they didn't really seem to know what to do about it. But I don't know I just I, I find myself like please I I think you know you're looking ahead the schedule they play Boston and New Orleans you know Zion Williamson left a game tonight with a with an injury um yeah, but again 
yeah, and a hamstring injury, as we well know, and as anybody with hamstring issues knows, like they're just nothing to mess with. So I doubt, you know, just knowing nothing as of, you know, Monday night, I doubt he plays against the Mavericks on uh, Saturday. Um, just because, you know, I, I think that the, the Celtics are sort of poised to be, to be struck down by Dallas because number mm-hmm. one, it's in Dallas. Number two, the Boston offense has cooled just enough. They, they have it like, you know, they're like second or third in the league, relatively speaking, but their offense was just like, they were crushing for such a long time. You know, they, they lost to the nuggets pretty badly last night. They played the thunder, um, tomorrow night. And, you know, if, if they don't get back on track against the thunder, then I'm going to be really interested to see how, what they're like coming into Dallas. Um, but it's, it's, there's still a couple opportunities for the Mavericks to notch some, some key wins because then they head out on like a five game road street road, road game, uh, road trip, that covers the better part of 10 of, I don't know, it's like seven games, West Coast games trip. seven days. It's a tough, yeah. Those West coast trips are, are tough. Um, so I'm going to be, I, you know, I, I, there are six games above 500 right now, which gives you a little bit of cushion relative to where they were before the streak started when they're right. right at 500. So if the Mavericks were to go on, like, I don't know, lose like three out of five or four out of five, not as big a deal. It's frustrating as shit, but it's also you're you have the cushion right there, so and that makes you feel better. So I don't know. I mean, we're not really talking about the game as much because I'm not really. Yeah, like, yeah. this game was just sort of whatever. Like if if you eighteen only point watch, comeback win, yeah, which is impressive. Like if you only watch the the Rockets when they play the Mavericks, like you would think Jabari Smith Jr. is like the greatest basketball player alive. He has. Prior to this game, he was shooting in the 60s against the Mavericks in their three previous games from two. Um, he was, again, pretty good tonight. Kevin Porter kind of shot him out of the game. Jalen Green is just a player I'm so glad I don't have to root for. He would drive me crazy. He feels it, like he's in that Dennis Smith category uh-huh. for you. Like he's incredible like talent, but it just doesn't mm-hmm. seem like he knows how to use it. Um, yeah. There was an incredible clip of Eric Gordon floating around from two games ago where <laughs> somebody asked like how he how he thought the team had improved since the year started and he said they they haven't. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> well, and, I, and I liked like like he was so bad against the Mavericks the other night and you know he's an older guy I think he's thirty three but like he's. I don't know. He, he he'd be a guy that I'd want on a buyout if the Mavericks oh, could make it happen. Goodness gracious, like, yes. He's just an he's just a talented, a big, burly, incredible scorer. Like the Rockets just have some fun guys. They're gonna figure it out. Like Tari Eason, Ke- Kevin Martin Jr. Um, they they just have a bunch of dudes that once once they figure out how to play together, I think they're gonna be pretty pretty good. But it they just they're so I say undercoached, but because yeah. it just doesn't look like they respond to Silas. But it's like to lose a game like they lost tonight is pretty crushing for them. And, and, but again, you know, you're playing against Luca and it's just something like that is going to come back and, and hit you in the mouth. Yeah, for sure. I, I commented earlier on Twitter that, yeah, they don't look like a team that's coached. They look like a team that gets told what to do before the game starts. Uh, and then once the game starts, they just like, it's like they're playing on their own. Like it's like the sideline doesn't even exist. Like you just watch how their offense just has like when they need a bucket or like when the game gets tight, they just have no, like, it looks like they have no idea what to do. And I know that's common trait with a, with a very young team might not necessarily be coaching, but it does just doesn't look very good. Um, But this game specifically, it was good to see Luca had turn on the second half. Um, Dinwiddie made the clutch shot. Uh, Luca passed the ball up and such a push off. 
I loved it. Like it was a violent push off. It was. It was like MJ. Yeah, it was like an MJ MJ move. Um, Christian Wood had five blocks and only one turnover. Made a four yeah. point play in the fourth quarter. He was he was pretty huge in the second what, half. What, what stat did you find out about Mavericks and four point plays? I didn't. I wanted to look it up because, good oh. lord, does it feel like they lead the league? Well, the Wood it's thing crazy. is something like you and I haven't talked about it because I don't know how to because I don't know what the Mavericks are going to do. I think that there's a tyranny. I, I sort of said this to Dalton Trigg when I, I was either talking to him on a podcast or in a chat today, but I don't mind sharing it. Like there's a tyranny of the moment thing going on with Christian Wood, in my opinion, where he's obviously playing great. He obviously fits as well with Luca as any big man as we have seen, you know, other than maybe like Dwight Powell. But I don't think you rush to give him anything. That's not how you negotiate. Like he has been on seven other teams. There's not a huge market for him. I just, is he going to go to Charlotte? I don't know. He's not going back to Detroit. He's not going to Houston. Like these are the teams with cap room. So it's like, it's, it's a little nasty to sort of think of it in those ways because you would like for the Mavericks to just make it easy and figure and you know, just offer him what's out there. But again, like you don't like paying a guy as the Mavericks, as Lucas scoring 42 points a game and they're beating terrible teams. Like, I, I just don't think you, you succumb to that. It's not good negotiating. I understand why the Mavericks haven't done it is where is what I'm getting at. And honestly, how do we know that Wood would even accept a four-year $77 million contract right now? Playing the best basketball he's played. Yeah. The, the most winning basketball he's ever played in his career, and that is undisputable. He has never done what he's done this season for a good team. He's never been on a good team. He's yep. never He's never put up numbers on a team that wins. And he is right now at the center of a team that is fourth place in the Western Conference uh, and has started, I think, almost every game of a seven-game winning streak. I know it's against bad teams, but, like, he wasn't doing he, – he hasn't done this before. And I think nope. that was the question the Mavs had, and that was a question the league had for him. was like, yep. okay, this guy can put up 20 and 10, but, I mean, his team doesn't do anything. So what's it matter? Like, why do I want this guy? Well, I mean, this is easily the most desirable he's ever been in his entire career. I don't know how desirable that is, but right. it's undisputable that this is the high point of his career. So, I mean, he's doing what he's being asked, and that exactly. like that says a lot. He also looks happy, which says even more because we you know, we we all kind of laughed about this, but like Porzingis couldn't fucking help himself and has as much admitted it in like follow-up since where he said things along the lines of you know it takes a certain kind of player to play with a guy like Luca and he's right and you know is is Christian Wood that guy I mean there's a video floating around I don't know if you saw it of during that non-timeout call uh that happened in the the San Antonio game that that nearly cost him you know Tim got pushed over it was a wild sequence in the final seconds you can see Luca just tearing Wood a new one or he was like, I couldn't tell if he was yelling at him or just towards him. But after the game, Luca gave probably one of the most meaningful, thoughtful answers about <laughs> anything that he said yes. in, in in five years in Dallas, and basically just said he's like, I'm a hard guy to play with. He can take my shit, and and I I think that that is important. And yes. so I I just I understand all sides of this argument, understanding that I don't really get a say. I just, I, I, I will, I'm not quite at the whole, why don't they pay him now? It just, it's never this easy. I, I mean, even with the Jalen Brunson stuff, I don't believe it was as easy as, oh, he would have accepted 
you know, four years, 55 million, like he says. I just don't believe that stuff. Like it's it's all after the fact made, you know, people say these things in order to make themselves look good in, in historical discussions. But, you know, the Mavericks are, are in a difficult spot, somewhat of their, I mean, largely of their own making, but also just some bad luck. And I'm willing to, to see how the thread plays out because I feel really good about this team because they're, they're six games over 500. But like we've mentioned, it could be, a, it could be largely just schedule lock. I mean, if they get swamped, if they get smacked in, in the next four games, would it, it wouldn't surprise me. It, nothing would surprise me. I'm just kind of like, I'm <laughs> yeah. I know. And like the thing with wood going back to wood, it's like, like I said, this is the most desirable. This is the highest his stock has ever been in his NBA career. And like, yeah, four for 77 is a lot. And it would be the biggest contract he's ever signed, I think, in totality. But I mean, his, the contract he's on now, I think the average, I don't know what the, I can't do the math on the fly, but he's making what, like between 16 and 18 per year right now? Four for 77, I mean, would be, uh, I don't know. I, I can't do the math in my head. So I don't know how much of a bump uh, it would be uh, per year, but obviously it would be in totality the biggest contract he's ever signed but there's part of me that's wondering like he's probably looking at this he's looking at the flowers he's getting uh across the league and from media and he's looking at his own performance and he's looking at the win streak and he's looking at his numbers and he's probably like dude if i finish the season like this and we you know if the mat if we keep winning if we finish as a top four seed if we win a playoff round and i'm putting up these numbers i'm getting he's gonna get four years 100 100 plus from some some team will do it i'm not saying it's gonna be a great you know Charlotte will give sure. him that money. Like so there will be a team that gives him that that gives him more than four for seventy seven. If things play, if he continues to play the way he's playing and the team continues winning, so yeah. Again, I wouldn't put it past him if he if he wouldn't you know not accepting that offer. Now, I'm not saying again. It's like well, some people want. Well, the Mavs should offer it anyway. It's like I don't you know. It's tough. It's January. Oh, the big thing is the big thing is the trade deadline. You know, if he's still on the team after the trade deadline. You know, then we can start wondering if they're going to pull, you know, the Brunson, you know, if we start going down the Brunson road. Uh, So there's still time, but we, you know, we have to admit they've got about a month to get this figured out in terms of where is this guy going to be long term? Because if they figure that out in March that they want him to be with the team past this season, they, they might, there might be some trouble there. Like if he's, if he continues playing well, he might. Be like, you know what? I'm not signing it now. I'm. I've got you know, tampering isn't isn't a rule. Like it's it's a fake rule. Like he will he will know if he's going to get that contract by the time the season's ending. Like that's just how the NBA works. So while I don't think the Mavericks should rush into anything, and I understand Wood playing his left. You know, this is the most leverage he's ever had. He's going to use it. Um, they do need to figure it out in about a month because the trade deadline's coming. If you you have to figure it out because if you don't and you do, you basically repeat the Jalen Brunson uh, situation. I mean, for a team that has had so many roster building stepbacks in the last four years, I, they can't afford another one. So, well, we've got to give the Mavericks the benefit of the doubt, maybe here for a little bit, a little bit of patience is required. They also are kind of on the clock and they need to know what they want to do with him long-term before the trade deadline. So they know they're either going to keep him and offer him that extension or they have to trade them if they're not going to hold on to them long-term. So they need to figure that part out. Well, there we go. We talked about wood. <laughs> Congratulations, us. There we go. Um, yeah. 
Um, that's about all I got. I'm glad to see Tim Hardaway's foot wasn't hurt. That kind of freaked me out. Dude, that looked um, when I saw the replay, I was like, oh no. And it looked back like on the court. Yeah. And you worry about that kind of yeah. that always spooks you up the most when it doesn't look bad and he goes to the locker room. Uh, but he was fine. So good for him. Well, here we are. <laughs> all right. Why don't we talk more uh, about this game than you thought, huh? Well, no, we didn't we even really do. talk about the game. <laughs> we always do. All right, this is Ben Kirk and Josh. We'll be back here on Thursday with stuff. We got some posts coming up tomorrow that I like. Um, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll uh, we'll see you in a couple of days. Bye, guys.